This episode is brought to you by Buckaroo Boutique, an online destination for modern contemporary women's clothing, sterling silver and genuine turquoise jewels. Curated for comfort, style and adventure, find them at www.buckarooboutiqueoz.com. Welcome to All Things Small Biz, a podcast to help you take the leap and run your own business from someone who has done it themselves and wants to share what they learnt with you. Hello and welcome to the All Things Small Biz podcast. My name is Sarah Hales, your host, and today we'll be talking about reels, basically. Today we'll be chatting with Tom from the Collie Hotel, and unless you've been living under a rock, the chances are you will have seen one of their hilarious reels. But before we welcome Tom, let's bring in Brian for a chat. Brian? How are you, Sarah? Quite well. Excellent. Well, we're talking about reels. Yes, reels. Fishing reels? No, <laughs> different kind of reels. All right. Well, I can probably get into that as well. Before we move on, mm-hmm. win of the week. Any wins this week? I'd say that there's a win in that we haven't <laughs> we haven't actually killed each other. No, what I was running with was, look, I got to take the two kids crabbing. Oh, That's God. a win. That is a win. Down the creek. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't want you to take them. They're just quite young. Yeah, two and, and three is a perfect age to mould them into crabbing people. And there are crocodiles in the creek. And you get distracted. I'm not saying you're a bad father. I'm not saying that you wouldn't watch them. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. get distracted when you're down the creek crabbing and you get focused on that. And I just wonder whether or not they are old enough to follow your instructions. Look, well, uh, the proof is in the pudding because they both came back with not a scratch on them. <laughs> uh, so, what we're looking for, people, when we when Sarah says I'm getting distracted... I'm looking for marks, sort of telltales to let me know that a crab's been kicking around in the area. And obviously, that looks like other people as I'm getting distracted, but I'm actually right on top of my surroundings. I understand what's around me, what I need to look for. And then the proof is in the pudding, as you would say, but let's say it was in the toasted avocado and crab sandwich that we had for breakfast. (laughs) Well, thanks for the crab, but um, I don't know whether this will be regular just yet. We've got to take every win when we can get it. Okay, yeah, so today's guest there is Tom from the Collie Pub. I think they like to call themselves a hotel. Oh, a hotel. Yes. A very outmarket. They are the only one in town, the only establishment in town. Oh, that's good to hear. Hmm. So, um... I've watched a few of Tom's reels, as you would say, and I've heard you down the hallway having a bit of a giggle at them. <laughs> I find some of them, like, my, well, pretty much all of them spot I find on. to be hilarious, but some of them are just spot on. Mm. There was one particular one. There's, There's been so many, and I just, everybody, go and follow the Collie Hotel and make sure you watch all of the reels, especially to all of our, you know, rural and regional friends and listeners. You will get an absolute laugh. There's one about stock and station agents, which is absolutely spot on. But I really enjoyed the one about farm kids. I haven't seen the one about farm kids. Uh, the one that I really liked was the uh, uh, hen's night. 
It's <laughs> pretty funny because, you know, I guess as a publican in a country pub, you have to put up with some rot. Yeah. And if you don't- no, you'd have to put up with a fair bit. If you didn't have a sense of humour, I don't know how you would cope. Yeah, you'd have to just- like there's, there'd be some stories getting told and you could just go for years making reels on some of that stuff. Oh, God, the content that or the inspiration for content that they have is just ridiculous. But Tom and Em are special in the way that they can pull it together. I think his daughter's probably the buddy. Star of the show. Star of the show sometimes. Eliza, yeah, she's fantastic. But um, just to, you know, give a little bit of background, um, Tom and Em are based in the town of Colli. Um, they own the pub and they have, like so many other people recently, been affected by the lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we did talk a little bit, a little about them in another one of our episodes, but just to expand a little bit further, their business was couldn't run. So, they've got rooms, um, hotel rooms, motel rooms, couldn't rent them out, serve food, obviously, pub, couldn't serve food. Um Beer, wine, over the bar, couldn't serve drinks. So during this time, and I I started following the Colo Hotel when they had around 2,000 people in their community. Mm -hmm. And I just looked today and they're over 13,000. And that has happened in a matter of about two months. And that is all because of the funny, funny content that is being shared far and wide. And it's just a representation of them, you know, their good old fashioned country humor. And it's hilarious. And people are really getting on board. But another thing that they've done, they always had a little bit of merchandise, some caps and t-shirts and stubby coolers, but they have had to expand that range Um, due to this popularity and, well, not they haven't had to. They've expanded their range um, because of the popularity of people purchasing it and they've actually um, developed a website um, where people can jump on and buy their merchandise. So make sure you get on board with that because, in you know, in a time when they were unable to um, open their doors, they were still able uh, to sell their merchandise, which is awesome. Yeah, and it's uh, everyone. It's coming up to Christmas, definitely. So it could be a good little prezi for the for the mates, right? So, do you make reels? I do, not very well. Shimano, oh, Daiwa. We're oh, not going to go promoting. I'm back on the wrong reels again. <laughs> sorry, sorry. So you make reels on your. Instagram. Instagram, yep. Yeah, look, I don't do a lot. Um, I'm still getting my head around them, to be perfectly honest. Mm -hmm. I think I need to learn how to do them as well. You probably have better content because when you're down the creek and whatnot, um, that's exactly the types of things that you might be able to pull together. Well, I reckon we probably could pull a few together once I get my, like, team behind me. Oh, my God. Astrid on one, Jack on the other, Sarah voiceovering. No. All right. So, we're back on topic before I get a tune up. What do you think about reels? Like, I find them a little bit stressful. I find them enjoyable to watch if, you know, if I enjoy the content or, or, um, you know, if somebody's got the formula right, I guess. So, you find your reels stressful? I find making them a bit stressful, yeah. yeah. So, watching them is not stressful, watching other people's ones. No, but that can also be stressful because it can be a time waster. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that could happen. But what are you trying to get out of a reel? What are you trying to put into a reel? Well, I guess the thing at the moment is that 
whilst Instagram hasn't said that they are now a video sharing platform, they have said that they are no longer simply a photo sharing platform. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we have seen with Instagram, when they introduce a new feature, so be it, you know, I don't know, stories or lives or Instagram TV, they change their algorithm to favour the newest feature, I guess. So, their current newest feature is Reels, which is, you know, videos, little videos, people are- Is that things like TikTok and- Similar. It's their answer to TikTok, I think, to be perfectly honest, because they released Reels, you know, after TikTok was sort of a thing. But um, I guess if you go in and have a look at your insights, like I don't- I don't know if I can actually explain this to people whilst we're on the podcast, but you can jump into, I'm going to look at my phone while I'm explaining this. You can jump into your insights and look at your account engagement and underneath of account engagement, you can actually have a look and see who has engaged on your post, whether or not they're followers or or Mm non-followers. And the same is you can have a look at accounts reached. I'm just having a look at mine quickly and probably 65% of people that I've reached are non-followers. And then when you go a little further into your insights and have a look, that's all because of reels. Oh yeah. So, that level of insight within your Instagram account tells you that reels are helping you to reach a broader audience. They're mm-hmm. helping you to reach people who don't already follow your account, which can't be bad for your business. Mm-hmm. So, whilst I find Reels a bit stressful and I don't think that I'm good at making them, I think that this is the perfect time to start making them because it's helping to get your business in front of more sets of eyes. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Um, I was just trying to think of what it is. It's, it's, you need to do it to conquer your fears as well. Well, that too. But I think that now that I have started to make them, what I used to do was I used to do a lot of, you know, try on videos on like a Saturday morning or something. If I've got a new product in, I'd try it on. I'd do like a little story on my Instagram, talk about how it fit the length or whether it had pockets or whatever the feature might be of the garment. Mm -hmm. And I would just put that on my stories. Whereas now that I'm starting to wrap my head around reels, there's no reason why I can't save that video and then put that video into a reel and then reshare it because you're getting the same benefit of putting a reel out there, but I'm not having to put on some kind of cinematic performance because I'm, <laughs> I am not going to be up to, um, you know, all these transitions and you know how you see people. <laughs> it's just not, it's just not something I'm into. So yeah. I need to find a way to use the tool that works for me because if you can't be consistent, you just shouldn't bother doing it, in my opinion. You know, they always say post consistently. So, people talk about posting um, at a certain time of night, like if for a mum, that that peak time, the best time for you to post is at 6.30 when you're putting tea on the table for your kids. You can't do it. You cannot keep that consistency up. So, you need to, you know, 
take into account what you can consistently do every day. And I've been able to consistently do try on stories for, for a long time now. So if I can just put those into reels, it takes that level of stress away from me where I'm feeling, you know, stressed about creating a, you know, I don't even know, movie, movie quality reel. Like it's just, um, I don't believe I'm going to be capable of that anytime soon. So you don't think that you're the next Marilyn Monroe? No, God, no. no. Some people think they are. Well, I wouldn't, you know, Marilyn probably could never have conceived that we would be dealing with mobile phones and creating videos in our homes. Oh, I think Marilyn would have loved it. All right. What makes a good reel? Whilst I am not that good at reels, I have been doing a lot of research into it. I've been talking to a lot of people about it and I've been trying to learn as much as I can about it. And I obviously want to share that with people because that is what this podcast is all about. So, a couple of the key things that I have found are obviously consistency, something that has a little bit of a twist in it, um, which is, you know, the transition types of things or whether people like jump in or jump out of their clothes or whatever it might be um, to change their outfits. So, some kind of little twist gets people. It's like a little bit of a hook to keep them watching because I'm jumping all over the place here today, but we've always got to think in the back of our mind that what Instagram wants us to do is to stay on their platform, not us, our followers, our community, our community of people. They want us to keep people engaged so that they stay on the platform because the longer that they stay on the platform, the more that they can advertise to them. And that's how they make their money. So, for us to be favoured by the algorithm, and let's just remember that no one really knows what the algorithm's about. It changes all of the time. We don't need to get bogged down in it trying to understand it. The basics are Instagram wants you to keep people engaged and watching your content mm-hmm. so that they can advertise to them, so that they can make money. So... If we are making content consistently, Mm -hmm. if people are finding it entertaining, if they're liking it, commenting it, sharing it to their friends, that tells the algo that our content is good and then they show it to more people. So, yeah, back to the original question, what makes a good reel? Consistency. Some kind of little hook to keep people watching. Mm Mm-hmm. Something that's a bit funny or has a little bit of a twist in it or something that's educational. Because if people are finding it entertaining, informative, educational, they're more likely to keep watching it. And that keeps people on the platform. That keeps Instagram happy. Everybody wins. Right. What would you say to someone freaking out about Reels? So, step back. What would you say to you? (laughs) Just keep going. Just keep going. Now is the time to get ahead of the curve, I guess, because like anything, um, you know, I don't even know how long ago it was that they introduced stories. People didn't know how to use them. They weren't confident doing it. But gradually, little by little, as you do it and get more accustomed to it, you will get better at it. And like I've said continuously through this segment, I'm not that good at reels, but... 
I'm finding ways to make the tool work for me. So, you know, try and think out of the box a little bit and um, realize that it's valuable, that it's got a value to put you in front of more people's eyes and just keep going. I know I briefly introduced Tom and Em at the top of the podcast, but I just wanted to expand a little further. Tom and Em are a couple of publicans. They have two gorgeous bubbers. One, Eliza, seems to be destined to be a child star. They are the owners of the Collet Hotel in central New South Wales. And recently, their very small town was plunged into lockdown along with the rest of the state of New South Wales. But what happened next is what I want to focus on today. Tom, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. And could you maybe start by explaining to us your town, how big it actually is and where you're based? Awesome. Well, thank you very much for having me. Um, So we are the little town of Collar Hotel, the Collar Hotel, Collar, I should say. So we're 80 kilometres northwest of Dubbo Mm -hmm. and we're situated on the Oxley Highway between the towns of Warren and Gilgandra. Yeah. So probably a busy little farming community, but realistically, it's pretty remote. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a very busy little farming community. The town itself does say 39 on the sign, but it is obviously a very large farming community. You know, there's a lot of jackaroos on farms and bigger families and that sort of thing as well. So, yeah, we might seem isolated, but there still are a lot of people around the area, that's for sure. And from my experience growing up in a similar sort of area based in Queensland, Sometimes those smaller little farming communities actually have like a much better social scene because people really make the effort to get involved in the community events. Yeah, 100%. I always say it, not just because I own the pub, but I but I always say, you know, the pub's always, you know, the heart of every little community because, you know, so many farmers that are isolated, you know, love to come in and communicate with each other and, you know, talk all things negative and positive or, you know, even, <laughs> even, even uh, you know, get a little handy hint about the farming farming world from the next door neighbour that they never see, but they definitely see him in the pub. Yeah, how good is that? So 39, is that the, the number of people officially in the town? Yes, that is the number of people where, well, roughly anyway, we did a count, it would have been like a year or something ago, but, and it was, I think it might have been 38 or something like that, but it's close enough anyway. Oh, wow. And your family's from around that area? So my parents, they've got a cattle place on the Bathurst side of Blaney. So they're probably about three and a half hours away. Well, my mother was originally from a little town called Quambone in the Warren Shire, which is obviously the same shire as what the pub is in. So when we first bought the hotel, it wasn't too random, you know, us buying it because we obviously knew a fair few, you know, different family members and friends that lived in the community anyway. So it worked out really well. Also, my wife's family's from about two hours north um, in between Canamble and Baradine. So, yeah, they're not too far away as well. Oh, that makes it good. So, Tom, how did you guys come to be the owners of the Colo Hotel? Well, it was actually really quite random because um, I was working for a spray contractor up at Canamble and we are living on um, Emily's family farm and uh, we actually saw the pub get advertised on Facebook and uh, my wife was managing a childcare centre up there as well and we sort of thought to ourselves, well, you know, we wouldn't mind a bit of a change, and we're actually looking at the looking at buying a, a new spray rig for me to um, go out on our own. But probably the best decision that we ever made because we obviously ended up buying the pub for a similar price to what you buy a spray rig for. <laughs> and you know, back in sixteen, it was too wet, and then all of a sudden, it became obviously three years of drought. So if I bought a spray rig, you know, we would have probably, you know, not been very successful at it. You know, the wheels wouldn't have been turning too much in the whole drought period. Yeah, exactly, and. Um- 
can you give us a little insight into a into a day? Like what's a normal day in your life? So a normal day in our life always wakes up with a annoying kid probably cra- uh, crying <laughs> while you're trying to get out of bed. So that's always yeah. pretty hard. And normally it's when you've either got a hangover or you're extremely tired because it, uh, it, you know, you came home at 12 or 1 o'clock at night even sometimes, you know, even if it is during the week, you obviously you get a you know, stock up the cool room and all that sort of stuff the night before. But, you know, once you get woken up by one of them crying, um, you, get, you get up and have a shower and do all the jazz and then just hook straight into the cleaning of the pub. You know, you know, pub presentation, I think, is a big key of, of owning a business like ours with, you know, so many people coming through the door and whether it's scrubbing the toilets or mopping or vacuuming, it's always, yeah, it's always the start of the day that we don't like to do. But then as soon as you see a customer's smiling face come through the door, then that makes it all worth it. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, you know, the money side of things, like when you go to you go to work, um, or people have businesses to earn money, I guess, but realistically, oftentimes it's the people or the community or, you know, it's those types of things that keep you going and keep you interested in what you're doing. 100%. Like I know that, um, you know, being in a rural community like this, we've got some incredible locals in the district that have also got, you know, really good, really good stories. And yeah, I, I really think that, you know, as you said, money, money isn't everything. And I think one of the best things of owning a pub is, is hearing the stories, whether it's the random that walks through the door or the local, you know, everyone's just got their own unique way of telling their life story. You know, I, I just think that's probably the best part about owning a pub. And then Obviously, second of all is uh, is the money, so you can buy toys. <laughs> yeah. I, I always say to my wife, "He who dies with the most toys wins." So <laughs> oh, that's funny. So lockdown. So you guys have just been in a really extended period of lockdown, which actually only just lifted on Friday. Um, I can't imagine how hard that would have been for you. Yeah, it was pretty hectic. You know, obviously lockdown was a pretty hard one, obviously financially. You know, obviously there's a little bit of government assistance and all that sort of stuff that can happen. But I think, though, sometimes you really got to put something like that into a positive as well. You know, like, you know, as I said before, coming home late at night, you know, you, you miss out on that normal everyday family lifestyle. You know, sometimes I think we all we all work too hard, you know. Yeah. We, you know, and then uh, you get to miss out on those really important things in life, whether it's even the shower routine or, you know, uh, or the sitting around the dinner table as a family. So, you know, the the weeks of lockdown that we had, we we uh, we got to do all that as a family, which we've never really done before, especially with a new baby as well. Yes, and how old is your baba? Yeah, so Oakland, yeah, she's four months now. So, and then obviously Eliza's three years. So, you know, they're pretty important years of your life, and you know, owning a business like. Like ours, it's always hard to to juggle it all. And yeah. uh, you know, I know lockdown was obviously well, it was pretty crappy. But you know, that's every day we woke up and sort of thought you got to kind of think positive as well. And you know, whether it was on the motorbike, you know, with my daughter and catching yabbies or whatever else, you know, like we got to actually do that. Whereas <laughs> in the real world, you don't really have time. No, exactly. And um, like a little off topic, not in relation to a lockdown, but I had been building my little. Facebook and Instagram community around my business and some prick hacked it and I lost my whole entire um, community and I think exactly the same way. It was really shit and it had a massive effect on my business but there was a few a few points you know like there there was the relationship building that I'd done it really came out Um, everybody shared my page and helped to build me back up and 
you know, there's that bit of a silver lining, I suppose, is what you're trying to say. Hey, there's that little bit of a silver lining. And rather than be all doom and gloom about it, you've got to take it for what it is. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, that hacking thing, that just drives me nuts. That happened to us as well. Mm. And it just, uh, just, yeah, rips your heart out, doesn't it? You know, you go to all this, you go to this, all this time and effort to build something. And then there's always, one prick on the other side of the world or might even be in your country or down the road somewhere that just ruins oh, absolutely. it for you. Absolutely. So something else that you did during the lockdown was um, you took to reels in a really hilarious way. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was really good fun. It was a really good fun. You've built up quite the following actually because I think I started following you when you still had around 2,000 followers and you're up to almost 10,000 now. Yeah, that's on Instagram. Yeah, it's in every different platform, TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, we're watching the you know the increase go up daily. It's just it's unreal. I know that at TikTok during the middle of lockdown, on average, I think our, our you know the the system or whatever inside TikTok said that we were on average you know going up eleven hundred to twelve hundred followers a day. Wow, that is mm. just amazing. And do you think that you know I see people commenting and saying that they're so excited about taking a road trip and coming out to the hotel? Um, are you getting a lot of that feedback as well? hundred percent. I reckon uh, it's definitely been the best thing that we've ever done for our business. You know, we've always been luckily enough that in our location, we've always been a little, you know, fairly busy little country pub enough as it is. But now I reckon that um, hopefully it helped put Collar on the map. I know business-wise it's definitely helped. Even even helped even on the weekend, I know, um, yeah, we had a lot of business just from social media, you know, a lot of faces that, you know, would never normally come to the pub that are now that are now coming in for whether it's one beer or a thousand a beers or a meal or whatever. So it's great. Oh, that is so good because I tell you what, like I said, my brother-in-law's from Narromine. Not that I've been there, but I have I have spent a bit of time in New South Wales. I worked in Singleton for a while and travelled around, and um, I didn't know about Coli. So um, it's definitely somewhere that if I was driving through, I'd make an effort to stop. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I think there's hopefully a lot of people that are thinking like that. Um, as I said, putting it on the map. But I reckon another thing is as well is obviously, you know, social media is one thing, but things like merch and and things like that always helps. You know, as soon as you know, which it blew my mind. As soon as someone sees you wearing a collar hotel hat, they sort of want one. You know, and then next thing you know, during lockdown, we, you know, we I think we posted somewhere between four hundred and fifty to five hundred hats right across Australia and to Canada and America and, you know, normally a bit of pub merch is something that you you buy when you call in there and you see it, you know, sitting on the shelf, but people are now wanting it sent to them. So I think that's 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 a very big part of our business as well. Yeah, I was going to say that. That was going to be one of my questions is um, you've always had the merch, but you you weren't generally sending it out? Yeah, never really had a market for it because I suppose we hadn't really done the reels. And, and our first reel that we did was advertising the hat. So that was obviously a, a big one from the get-go. And then now we've actually, you know, um, in the process, well, Meg, um, who works at Marketing Directive, she's um local business that's uh, helping us um, build our website at the moment, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then on, on the website, we've um, got an online store as well that she's just creating and, yeah making it an easier way to, you know, send hats across the country, if not the world. Yeah, absolutely. And and other merch, obviously, as well. Yes, you'll need to expand. Yes, yeah. Well, I think you've got some really good, um, like your logo is quite distinctive and it, like it's really quite appealing. So it's not like you had to go out and build something from scratch. You really did have it there, but by by what you're saying, putting yourself on the map, um, 
in a really funny, authentic, relatable way, people just want to be a part of it. Yeah, that's right. I think that's it is. Yeah, you see it from like a face and yeah, they just want to wear it. It's just the most craziest concept and I never, ever thought that it would become of it, you know, like – I know now we've actually sold out of hats, you know, we didn't think it was going to happen so quickly, but then we've got an order coming in of, well, it's well over a thousand hats there now. And, um, you know, I've heard a couple of people say, oh, you're nervous if they don't sell. And I think my confidence tells me they'll bloody go out the door. I reckon they'll they'll sell for sure. I reckon they will. You should put them on pre-order. Once you get the uh, tracking number, you should jump on and do another reel and hopefully Meg's got the website up and running. And then if you've got... um like, you know, check out through the website. You could put them on pre-order and they'll probably be sold before they arrive. Yeah, that's right, which is <laughs> which is absolutely crazy to think. I know we did actually have a couple of people, you know, just send us money and we're just like, hang on, woo back. You know, we haven't even got the damn product product yet, you know, like keep it in your bank mm-hmm. account, pal. But you know, it'll all it'll all it'll all come together pretty well once yeah, once the you know, once they actually hit us and we can start sending them out, it'll be it'll be awesome. It's just another little little uh little part of the business oh i think it's gonna i think that part of your business is actually probably going to take off yeah so hopefully it does it'd be good and then obviously it's another thing for people to come in the door that want to buy a bit of merch like that and then next thing you know they've you know as i said had a thousand schooners and a t-bone and they're happy (laughs) (laughs) couple of games at pool yeah that's it and uh how do you come up with the ideas for your reels well, the very first idea, as I said there before, obviously the hats one, that was easy because we just obviously wanted to advertise the hats. And then day one of lockdown was the Wednesday we got closed at 12 o'clock and it would have been maybe two or three o'clock in the afternoon. My wife and I and Eliza were out the front and Oki were out the front and I was having a beer and we we're just having a chat about lockdown. And um, next thing you know, a caravan had pulled up and we'd already wheeled out a massive sign that said closed you know, due to COVID or whatever it said. I can't remember how the wording was. And then um, next, you know, a caravan literally stood next to the sign, well, and had to walk past it to lean over the fence and talk to us and asked us if they could come in for a nice warm meal. And we're thinking <laughs> to ourselves, like, like, I don't think, like, he didn't have a guide dog with him, so I don't think that he was blind or anything <laughs> like that. But, like, these are some of the funny and extraordinary people that you meet in in the life of a publican. So as soon as old mate left, basically it sounds horrible, but Emily and I were sort of taking the piss <laughs> and we thought it and we thought it was quite funny. So then we made the first reel and then it went nuts and then well it's almost like bullying, I suppose, which sounds horrible. But then all of the reels are basically based on everyday people and everyday things that happen in a country pub or if not any pub, you know, like it's just you know, whether it's the Woo Girls one that we did, you know, we've all heard that, yes. you know, high-pitch, high annoying girls scream when they, you know, when Get they see Betty walk in. That they haven't, yeah, that's right, when they see Betty that walks in, but they haven't seen Betty for a day, so they find it appropriate to scream. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find something relatable in all of them, but I think my two favourites are probably the farming one where the guys are, you know, I sold my lambs at Dubbo for six six hundred and fifty bucks, but now the lamb chops are uh, twenty seven dollars. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was hilarious, and I loved the one about yeah. um, the cattle truck and the the agent because oh, the mate, agent. that is just spot on. It is spot I on. Actually lo- I actually like- read through or scanned through all of the comments because you said something in there about a merino cross Angus, and I was thinking, surely someone's <laughs> going to pick up on this. 
<laughs> yeah, that's no right. one seemed to have picked up on it. The, the funny one is too. I think that you know, I you know, I think they were probably our best ones because they're you know a lot of the customers that do come in through the door, you know. But um, we actually found it quite funny because it was actually day one. You know, we opened and it was the Friday. You know, only a couple of days ago here, and it was lunchtime. And a friend of ours, actually, who's a stock and station agent, you know, not far from here, he came into the pub with four of his gate openers, which are for all four of his mm-hmm. kids. He sat, he sat down, and I reckon he would have had three, three sips of his beer next. You know, his phone rang, <laughs> so I actually Snapchatted him. And stupidly enough, I probably should have saved it and you know turned it into a reel or whatever. But um, you know, and I was basically just putting shit on him <laughs> because there he was. It's so true. You know, he couldn't help himself. He was already at the bar for two seconds. Yeah. And next, you know, you know, he had he was already on the phone. I'd, some of those stock agents, they just need to bloody have it super good to their oh, ear, I think, I think so. their ear. But even, you know, obviously you've been around it all your life, but all your terminology too. Yeah, that's yarded. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. We all hear it. That's why I think it becomes a lot more relate, relatable when it's people like, you know, yourself and, and myself that have been brought up on the land, you know. it's And that's the people that we get here. That's That's the funny thing is to go back to your – Starting a question like everyone here or any one of the reels that we do is just so relatable because they are literally everyday people that come into the pub. Tell us some of your best stories. You know, some of the some of the stories that you hear coming out of a pub is the best part about owning a pub. And my mum and dad, every time I get to see them, which is not very often, they're always saying, tell me another story, tell me another story that have happened of, you know, the, the unique people that come through the door. And um, one of my favourite ones is when I actually convinced a man that, he was my father. And um, <laughs> and what had happened was these two guys, I think they were from Newcastle or something, and just general pub chat, you know, I'd ask always the question, where are you from, what are you doing, blah, blah, blah. And they were going to Warren and, and I asked them what they are up to in Warren and they said, oh, years ago they used to, uh, one of the gentlemen used to date a lady from Warren. And I said, oh, if you don't mind me asking what was the name and I can't remember the name and he said, but, you know, Betty Smith say. And I go, Betty Smith, that was my mum. And then, uh, you know, one of his mates is hitting his other mate in the leg thinking that is the funniest thing that he's ever heard. And I said, oh, whereabouts do you live? And he said, Newcastle. I said, oh, what do you do for work? And he said, I'm a builder. And I go, well, mate, you are not going to believe this, but I've never met my father before. And my mother always said that he was a builder in Newcastle, but I never knew who he was. And this guy had absolutely shit his pants and actually thought that, hang on, he has this son that he's never met before that owns this pub. But I only let him go for a couple of minutes because I think he was about to pass out on me and started to go, what? <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I just, yeah, pub pub stories, I I feel like sometimes I'd love to make a TV show on, oh, yeah, you on pubs could. and, you know, and, like, call up people and be like, hey, you know, Angonia pub, I'm going to come around to your pub and, you know, find two of your funniest locals or two of your locals that have got a story and, you know, and, and tell me a yarn. I, I know that, yeah, everyone's just got this all, awesome way of telling stories and got their own unique way of life. <laughs> uh, I, I know another one is um, like we had that Shane Stedman here. Have you ever heard of Shane Stedman? No. Shane Stedman is uh, um, the guy who invented Ugg boots. Oh, right. Yeah, and he came through the door one day and it was like a Tuesday, I think. And it was dead quiet and he walked up to the bar and he looked like a little bushy, you know, little little cat, little Akuba and that on. And I asked him who he was and he said, um, you know, Shane Stedman and what did he did, what he does. And he was actually the largest surfboard manufacturer in the Southern Hemisphere in the 80s. Oh, wow. But then, and then he actually said to me, he goes, I'm actually the guy who invented Ugg boots. 
So I'm having this argument with this guy saying, you're full of shit, mate. Like, <laughs> you didn't invent the Ugg boots. And you're like, you know, look it up. So I looked it up and and there he was. I'm standing across the, you know, bar from this guy that invented Ugg boots. But back then it was spelt U-G-H. And he just went on and told me the story about how he, you know, built the Ugg boots and stole the idea off the moccasins but turned them inside out. And he was a surfboard manufacturer, but he didn't look like one. Oh, well, there you go. Well, I was I was honestly thinking as you were saying that, I was like, bullshit. Ugg boots have been around forever. Yeah, that's right. But he, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, but, well, you look it up if you don't believe me. <laughs> he, uh, but like, what a what a guy. Like, you know, he pulled up to the pub in his caravan. It was funny as hell because he bought this brand new Jayco pop top caravan, but the pop top part of the caravan wouldn't pop up, so he had to book a motel room. <laughs> It was gold. It was absolute gold. He, uh, but like, what a legend! And and you know, I actually became really good, you know, very friend friendly with him in a short period of time. And next, you know, he sent me a um, few stickers, and then and then a little while later, he sent me a signed copy of his autobiography of you know Shane Stedman's life, the the, the well, basically the famous surfboard oh, wow. manufacturer. But yeah, I, I just I don't know I. Stories in pubs I'm so passionate about, and I really should start writing them all down because there's a there's you a story for, there's a story a book in there. Yeah, that's right. There's a story for every occasion. Absolutely. You, you never know who's going to walk through the door, eh? Oh, I bet. And I reckon now, because the other things we haven't talked about are how the bloody hell did you get on the Today Show? Someone tagged what do you call it, like Carl and all that sort of stuff in it, and then they had a look. Yeah, so. When I was speaking to them before we actually went on air, they said that they'd watched all the videos. So they must have already been been watching it anyway because obviously someone had just randomly tagged them. I feel like oh. it might have been a friend or a family member or whoever it was anyway, you know, but I've noticed there's been a few people that have tagged like the project and things like that and then next thing you know, you might get swooped up. But I think we've just still got to keep doing them, you know, like it's just hard yeah, to absolutely. try and run a pub now and do reels. Yeah, so you'll just have to get yourself into a – um and do a bit of a swing of things, but yeah, that's right. I just you'll be on the lookout for content. Yeah, that's right. But I just don't know how I'm going to go wearing dresses and like acting like a female, and then someone walks through the door to have lunch. I'll put them off their meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And you touched on the fact as well. This is probably something we missed: is who does all the filming and the editing? My wife. She's the brains behind everything. I um, you know, and she's heaps better looking than me. Maybe we should swap you know swap roles and i can be behind the camera but yeah emily she's the brains behind it all she comes up with a lot of a lot of the content as well and you know she normally poor bugger has to put up with my crap videoing me and then you know next thing you know eliza and i finished our 20 minute job and then emily's sitting down on on the couch while she's trying to feed another baby and eliza and i toddle off in the distance on the quad bike and go and do fun things like yabbing, et cetera. <laughs> but, yeah, she's definitely she's definitely the brains behind it all and she's the one behind the camera. She just oh, doesn't want to get a face in it, which is crazy. I wish she did. Yeah, well, I have um, I have heard, in, like, which I also think is, like, so natural and authentic and really adds to it, is that sometimes if you or Eliza has done something really funny, you can actually hear her laughing behind oh, the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes I actually get quite aggressive. It's, you know, you you're really, you know, acting. <laughs> I can sometimes it can be a hard thing to do when you feel like you've just nailed it. And then while you're just nailing it, Emily's laughing in the background and you're like, <laughs> shut up, you know, like, or that's happened a lot with Oki, you know, our little daughter, because Emily always says, I wish people could see the behind the scenes because sometimes Emily's got little Oki in one of those baby carriers, like on a, on a front. Yeah. 
And so Emily's there trying to video while she's trying to bounce along, you know, trying to, you know, make Oki be all quiet. But then all of a sudden we say something, just get it right. And Eliza does something perfect, but Oki's whinging in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. So what do you think that people can do to support small businesses at this time? I think, you know, like I, I think buying locally, shopping locally is just something that is so strong. You know, in my heart, I feel like I just think that we should all do it more. And as as crazy as it sounds, and there's probably a lot of people that will listen or, you know, hate me for saying it, but even little things like what's well, big things like stopping overseas travel mm. is, is some things that is going to help, you know, Australia and small communities so much. It's not funny. You know, just even a little story like I've got where in between the two lockdowns, there was um, three couples that hired an RV from Sydney each. And they drove through Collar and they're on their way to, I think it's the Barossa Valley in South Australia or Victoria, whatever. It's a wine region anyway, wherever they were going, I can't remember exactly. But they were three couples that would never, ever step foot in Collar Hotel ever in their life. Mm. They were from the beaches in Sydney and they were all really lovely people. I got on the grog with them. It was during the week and we had a fat time together. And they even made the comment and said that they never would come out, but they're actually supposed to go on a, on a big trip over to Italy for three weeks or four weeks or whatever it was together, all three couples, but they actually hired an RV and went through New South Wales, into South Australia and whatever else, and spent money along the way, which I think is just awesome. Like, why wouldn't you put more money back into a beautiful country that we've already got right on our doorstep? Yeah, I know. And there are, you know, I think that's probably coming out at the moment because, you know, businesses like yourself or whatever are, are doing different things to get their name out there. But I'm hearing of places or experiences even close by to me that I've never heard of before. And Yeah, that's right. You know, they've always been there. Um, there's so much to see here. Yeah, that's right. I, I really think, you know, like overseas travel, I've, I've been overseas to a lot of different countries and I love it, don't get me wrong, but we've got so many communities and main things is families in, in little remote areas and stuff like that where we could be generating money into them rather than, somewhere else I'd, I'm, I'm a massive believer in it and I love to see it and one conversation I've had a lot uh, with um, business owners like myself or even bigger business owners than us between the two lockdowns is the busiest that most of us have ever been in our lives mm. and it's because no one's got anywhere else to go and you know like w- this weekend just gone was the was pretty busy for us but I said to all of our staff I'm like this is the calm before the storm still because I know that if I lived in a two-bedroom unit in Sydney somewhere, mate, I'm getting out of that concrete jungle and I'm coming out to rural New South Wales and having a beer in a pub and, you know, blowing the cobwebs out of the car and, you know, driving along somewhere, the windows down and not breathing in pollution. Like, those buggers from Sydney are going to be out here everywhere. Guarantee it. Dubbo Zoo, Collar Pub, you name it, they're everywhere. Yeah, well, actually, between the two lockdowns, I've I've, um, had a conversation with – Kelly, who is from Lightning Ridge, she's an opal miner up there, and she was saying between the two um, lockdowns that they've never seen so many tourists in Lightning Ridge ever. Crazy, crazy. You know, as I said before, we're on the Oxley Highway. Um, You know, every time you'd blink, there'd be a caravan, you know, driving past. You know, like they say, you know, the market for caravans has just gone ballistic for new vans and all that sort of stuff. I just think that... You know, coronavirus is, a, you know, is a huge negative, don't get me wrong, but, you know, like some things, you know, when you look at it 
obviously it's definitely not a positive, don't get me that way, but I just think that it just helps, it has helped so many businesses yeah. and probably made people think about how they purchase or what they do, you know? Yeah, definitely. I, I have always been a supporter of small business and I've always liked to shop local and all of those sorts of things, but I think even this whole experience has made somebody like me even think to the next level again. Yeah, I... um. I always say the saying in here sometimes, like, you know, you can buy a car and a beer from Colo Hotel. Like, I'm not silly where, you know, it might be two, four, six dollars more for a car and a beer than at Colo Hotel than it is Dan mm-hmm. Murphy. But yet again, Dan Murphy's Dan Murphy's 80K away, but who the hell's Dan yeah, Murphy? Exactly. Have you met Dan Murphy? Because I haven't met him, but we are the pub, you know, my wife and two kids, we are a business. So when you think about where you're going to purchase something, you're purchasing it from a name and a face that's familiar, not just some, you know, big corporate company that you don't even know who's really getting the money yeah, at the end exactly. of it. exactly. Listen to us getting all political Listen here. Listen to us being big business people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One one big head honcho to another big head honcho. West of the waves is going up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. After this podcast, Dan Murphy's sales are going yeah, downtown. Yeah, no, we don't shop there. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let's give the Colo Hotel a plug. Tell people where can they find you? Obviously, we've talked about your physical address, but I mean website, Facebook, Instagram. Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all just the Colo Hotel, and you'll find us there on our website, colohotel.com.au. That's where you're going to find hopefully Updating. soon our uh, online store on our web on our webpage, all updated and ready to rumble uh, for some purchases to go on there and then hopefully we can be pretty quick and send them on out. And for the physical address, you're on the Oxley Highway, but do you've got some rooms? Have you got caravan camping sites? Yeah, so we've got free camping um, and then it's $15 to plug in. There's plenty of different plug-in spots and plenty of room for vans and stuff of all sizes. And, uh, yeah, right actually at the front of the pub, between the pub and the highway, there's a big truck bay, so we get a lot of oversized park in there and obviously at harvest time there's a heap of trucks and things like that and truck uh, toilet and shower block that's open 24 hours a day and then uh, with the accommodation yeah we've got ensuite rooms and uh, we've also got a room that we like to call the drunks room <laughs> or the shearers room and it's just got a um, room full of heap of single beds where a lot of bucks parties and things like that stay or shearing teams or whatever. And, uh, yeah, so that's about it. Excellent. Well, Tom, gosh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. And I hope that if some people are looking for somewhere fun and interesting to go, that they head out your way. Awesome. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, no worries at all. Now it's time for today's wrap-up snap quiz. Your favourite part of the day. Everybody's favourite part of the episodes. Righto. Thanks, listeners. So, would you rather do a dancing reel or pull out your toenails? Uh, I would pull out my toenails. I do not. I do not want to get into the TikTok dancing. Well, come on. No. I no. Look, I took you to my mate's fortieth the other weekend, and I couldn't get you off the dance floor. No. That's not true. Somebody so if else. We get a couple of winos. <laughs> I'm we'll not, be on for a dance I up. am not doing a dancing reel. No. <laughs> we'll see. Anyway, next question. Mm-hmm. Do you think businesses 
can continue to grow on Instagram without reels. Yes, I do. Okay, I do okay, not okay. think it's the be all and end all. And I think that um, these these features on Instagram, they come and go. They will develop something new in the future and we will all have to get used to that. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think if you have a formula that is working for you, stick to it. But I don't think that it can hurt. All right. And so, I have never made a reel. Mm-hmm. I be- feel like you're going to try after this. Yeah. And this is where my question is going. Uh, how hard would it, would it be for you to teach someone to make a reel? Oh, I'm sure that I, I, think, I think I'd actually be better at teaching you how to do it than me doing it myself mm-hmm. because it's the, yeah, I don't know, like the, it feels stressful to me to have to like do a clothes transition or something and get everything lined up. I think I've got too much OCD to be able to handle that and I'm probably a little more introverted than you. So, I get really- um. Oh, I don't have any OCD. No, you don't have any OCD and you are an extra- extrovert Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) well thank you all so much for tuning into today's episode i hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have i really enjoyed my chat with tom and uh next time maybe we might get em on the podcast just to talk a little bit about the behind the scenes because i think that would be quite funny um Next week, we'll be chatting with Lou Webb from Lou Webb Collection. So stay tuned and make sure you're subscribed so that you get notified when our next episode goes live. Thanks for listening to All Things Small Biz. You can get more tips and find out about all the latest stuff we've got going on at the Cokes Australia Facebook and Instagram pages. That's Cokes, C-O-A-X. We'd love you to follow our social media pages or you can jump onto the website, www.coaxaustralia.com. Thanks so much for listening.